0: Hello friends, it's your friendly neighborhood Dara here for another week here at Dear Hallmark. Now, I'm gonna have to give you smooth jazz radio voice, Dara, because as you have noticed, I haven't uploaded a podcast episode in about a week and some change. And that is because I have not been feeling well. And so I'm on the up and up. Uh, Still, it's still lingering in the back of my throat, <laughs> in the words of medea but i have to give you smooth jazz radio voice Dara, and i can't go full throttle which is good because as passionately as i feel about what we're going to talk about today i feel like i probably would have <laughs> raised my voice so it's it's probably best that i give you smooth jazz radio hopefully this doesn't make you fall asleep but in any event here i am (laughs) i hope you guys are doing well and for those first time listeners welcome you've entered a space where i talk about hallmark and great american family and up tv and because it's the christmas movie season i'm going to be talking about some lifetime stuff too oh my gosh i might have to make a separate episode because i've already watched three lifetime movies Mm -mm mm. Ooh, we got some things to talk about, okay. <laughs> but I, I want to make up to you the Hallmark movies first before we start talking about Lifetime. But as always, I have some news for you. Since our last conversation, Hunter King has been locked down by the Crown. She is the newest actor to sign a deal with Hallmark Media. If you guys don't know Hunter King, she, was, she made her debut with Hidden Gems, and she also gave us Nikki and Nora. And she also has a Christmas movie coming out. I think hers is on Black Friday. It's the Royal Corgi Christmas movie, which is interesting. They're really pushing her as kind of the, the woman we need to see for Hallmark. She's really, really young, but... She's I mean, I I enjoyed what she did with Nikki and Nora. I enjoyed that that mystery series. So it'll be nice to see her grow with Hallmark Channel and see what her her movies will be like throughout the years. Next, in Christmas con news, there was an actor who was no longer attending. Um, Actually, I don't know if I reported the other. There's a total of three actors no longer going uh, Kimberly Sustad, Christopher Palaha, and Victor Webster. And they have since announced new celebrities that will be attending, Jessica Lounds and Benjamin Ayres. So if you have always wanted to see Jessica Lounds and or Benjamin Ayres, this is your time to do so. Make sure to get your tickets to Christmas Con. It's held in Edison, New Jersey. And right now, weekend VIP... And Saturday are sold out on their site. Um, Friday and Sunday tickets are almost sold out, but you can grab weekend passes on their resale site. So and lastly, if you're looking for another opportunity to meet your faves in style. You're going to want to head to Chicago December 2nd and 3rd for Rama Drama Christmas in Chicago. It'll be a two day extravagant Christmas extravaganza where Friday night uh, will be our fancy night. It's going to be a Christmas gala where we will be able to see a screening a day before it airs of a fabled holiday which stars Ryan Pavey and Brooke Dorsey. Brooke Dorsey will be in the building. Ryan Pavey will be in the, in the building as well. And your girl is going to be hosting the red carpet for that event. I am so excited. I want to see you there. So make sure to get your tickets. There is a link in the show notes, and also Saturday morning we are going to have a grown-up brunch with Santa, where there will be food, drinks. Um, you get to take picture with Santa's elves, quote unquote, and it'll just uh, it, there'll just be a lot of fun to be had. And also during that brunch, we'll have the opportunity to watch Three Men and a Baby with the actors themselves. Paul Campbell will be in the building. Tyler Hines will be in the building. Uh, Andrew Walker is still tentative at the time that I'm recording this. So I am looking forward to watching that. They're going to be giving commentary doing deleted scenes. Maybe I don't let me not put my mouth on that. But they will also be um, sharing commentary as we watch the movies getting us giving us the behind the scenes scoop. So I'm very much looking forward to that so with that being said you guys we are going to take a break and when we come back we're going to get into both the royal nanny and christmas at the golden dragon so stay tuned Welcome back, my friends. So The Royal Nanny and Christmas at the Golden Dragon was our latest two movies that premiered over this past weekend. And I just need to get some things off my chest, which is why I wanted to talk about them first. They both have things in common, and I I am going to dissect them each, but I, I'm just going to talk, okay? <laughs> so The Royal Nanny um, stars some people, and it's about a woman who is a spy she works for the british intelligence of some sort and she is undercover as a nanny because there's some type of threat to the british royal family who it's the 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 daughter's family though so she's the daughter of the king it's her family her husband her kids and her brother so it's not the direct king and queen so she moon not moonlights but she goes undercover as a nanny to this woman's kids and um, all the while is trying to find the threat and for a while we—I'm um, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it yet because it is a bit of a mystery as well at one point they think that the brother is a part of it but she's convinced that he isn't um, her and the brother end up falling in love there's some pranks that are involved um, and she's trying to find this threat and all the while her department head was the one who orchestrated the whole thing because he wanted to show the the parliament or the crown just how valuable their division is so there's that and that's the movie um i didn't like it i may be in the minority on this because i did do some perusing in the facebook streets in the instagram streets and a lot of people enjoyed it and i could see why here's my bone to pick primarily with this movie It should have been on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. It should not have been on Hallmark Channel. I don't think it was Hallmark Channel appropriate. And what I mean by that, much like Magical Christmas Village, where there were some uber dramatic scenes in them, I felt like the mysterious element, like the mystery that was being solved in this would have made it perfect for a Hallmark Movies and Mystery Christmas movie granted it could have been a little bit on the lighter end but it's I think it was still more appropriate to be on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries especially because one of the people gets kidnapped at the end and then there's this whole rigmarole about with the the dude getting arrested the the um the department head and all of that it wasn't light like the like Santa Stakeout was last year. I feel like Santa Stakeout was the perfect blend of the mystery with the the light and fluffy that we like from our Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. And I want to stress this by saying Channel, because I think there there needs to. Be there needs to be a, a line in the sand that there is a difference between Hallmark Channel movies and Hallmark movies and mystery movies. When you're watching something on Hallmark movies and mysteries, you know what to expect, be it a mystery or and now since they're ramping up the dramas, their regular movies, you know exactly what to expect. Something a little bit more dramatic, something a little bit more intense, something with a, probably a cry factor in it. And if you're watching a mystery, you already know what it is. Now, it seems as though throughout this year, they're trying to wear us down. And we've come to a point where they are putting some way more dramatic movies on Hallmark Channel as well, i.e., Magical Christmas Village IE, The Royal Nanny IE Christmas at the Golden Dragon. I think that's the one thing I believe these two movies have in common is that they should not have been shown on Hallmark Channel. And The Royal Nanny, honestly, I didn't care. I the be, ah I think it it was trying to flirt the line between Hallmark movies mysteries and channel and it just ended up flopping instead in my opinion do I think the performances were great sure there were some there was a cute scene where the they were playing the reindeer toss game and she was wearing the reindeer thing on her head and they were tossing the rings on her I appreciated that scene but other than that I really didn't I really didn't take to the movie in general so I I I I I don't even know what to call it. I maybe give it two crowns because at least they've shown us that we can do a full British movie and not need any Americans in it. Hashtag jolly good Christmas. Okay. So, and uh, am I raising my voice? Did I, did I go there? Oh my God. (laughs) But, um, I, I just I just wish this movie was different. Actually, I wish we didn't have this at all, because it it, it was this this another thing about the royal nanny. It could have taken place any time throughout throughout the year. There was nothing, in my opinion, per se, Christmassy about this movie. And I'm finding the more that I watch these movies, my expectations, I feel like my expectations are all over the place now. Do I want cozy? Do I want something, quote unquote, realistic? Do I want something like what? I, what do I want? And I think, honestly, I am a I'm at a point where I'm I'm in cozy mode. I am in cozy mode. Now, Ghosts of Christmas, always if you're going to do a movie that's not cozy, do it excellently. Ghosts of Christmas always is a wonderful submission for for that that camp like if you it's it doesn't it's not necessarily a cozy movie in my opinion however it was so excellently done and the story was so well told that I cannot not watch it you know what I'm saying and I cannot not give it the credit that it deserves i don't think the storytelling was done well with the royal nanny and i i feel like at the end of the day i i didn't leave caring about any body in the movie and the ending was rushed and abrupt it felt like a tyler perry movie <laughs> i'm sorry i should say that <laughs> no but seriously because that's one of my bones to pick with tyler perry movies as well they, they just end and you're like oh okay that was kind of how i felt at the end of the royal nanny where And even the romance element in this, it felt forced. It didn't feel organic to the story as well because of the intent, not intent, but because of the the vibe that the overall film was giving with the, it was giving like Diet Kingsman in a sense, I don't know, but it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And for that, I have to give it two crowns. What are those two crowns for? I can't even tell you. I just feel like it's not a one crown because again, I can see why people enjoyed it. It was a departure from one of one of the most comments I saw or consistent comments that I saw on the Facebook streets was that people were happy that it was a departure from the normal royal movies that Hallmark normally gives us during Christmas time and for that I understand however I'm in the camp of give me your classic royal movie with a woman who doesn't live up to the expectations of her beau's mother because she's a commoner I'm I'm all I'm all for it I don't I'm all for it I'm sorry I know I know I'm so sorry but I, I am of that camp where I'm like give me the Give me your standard box set Hallmark Royal movie over this any day. Unfortunately, that's where my heart belongs. And so with that, I am going to I'm going to take a micro break and then we're going to get into Christmas at the Golden Dragon. So stay tuned, my friends. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Dear Hallmark. So, Christmas at the Golden Dragon stars Kara Wang, there's Zach Santiago makes an appearance, Barbara Niven, Antonio Cupo, and a host of others. This is um, a story within a story, within a story, within a story, within a story. There are multiple characters here, so try to. I'm going to try to do my best to tell you what it's about there's a restaurant called in wichita called the golden dragon it's a chinese restaurant and people frequent that restaurant a lot and this movie focuses specifically on maybe three or four uh, yeah three or four different people who frequent the restaurant and then two people who work there so You have Antonio Cupo's character, who's a single dad trying to raise his two daughters, and he goes there a lot to get food for them. Then you have this one young woman who's a CFO who uh, frequents that restaurant a lot. Her and Antonio Cupo's character got the got the feels for each other. And then her mom is Barbara Niven, who her character frequents that restaurant a lot. And the CFO character interviews a guy named Miguel, who was a young man who's looking for a scholarship for college, who does deliveries for the Golden Dragon. And then we also get the son of the owners. um, I forget his name. And then we have the daughter of the owners and then we have the owners themselves. The daughter of the owner is played by Kara Wang. Her story, there's a bunch of storylines that I don't know if I can actually go through because it's exhausting to go through them all, which is one of my bones to pick with this movie. (laughs) It's a lot going on for you, girl. It's a lot going on, and I wanted it to focus more on the family and the actual Golden Dragon restaurant than the other storylines, because I felt like they they were, again, they were doing the most. So the daughter of the the daughter of the owners of the Golden Dragon, Carawang, she is in a relationship with a guy named Blake and she wants to have a traditional Christmas. So she goes she asks her parents, her parents gives her the okay to to have this traditional Christmas in Vermont, or at least what she thinks is going to be a traditional Christmas every time she they do something she always compares it to what is done in the movies so basically her version of a christmas a perfect christmas is what's done in quote unquote the movies which and we all know is like the the Hallmark movies and so it was almost as if every activity she's always saying well th- you know in the movies or they don't do this in the movies and i to the point where i'm just like i get it i get it y'all are making a parody y'all y'all got some satire I get it to the point where it was getting high key annoying and she literally was forcing these, like forcing the family to do gingerbread houses while, even though they wanted to watch the football game, she forced them to put on dresses and, and period costumes to go around the neighborhood caroling, which they did. And then everybody shut the door in their face or left. And, um, they they started a snowball fight she got hit and she was like wow it seemed more fun in the movies because she actually got hurt and at first I thought she was going to turn that into like throwing a snowball back at them but no they just left it there so that that was that was unfortunate and her 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 storyline was annoying in my opinion um and then the son he he's a cook but He's always he hasn't been able to stand up to his father to tell him that he wants to cook and that he likes to cook. Um, the father is just content with the son just working at the restaurant as a server. Um, but he's filling this girl named Sadie who's back in town. <sighs> and then the, the owners end up um, saying that they're going to close the restaurant or they're closing. They They already sold the restaurant. They already sold the land. Um, and then Barbara Niven's character is trying to cope with her first Christmas without her husband because her husband passed away and she barely sees her daughter, who's the CFO workaholic. And so she's trying to carry on these Christmas tradition traditions without her husband there. And the daughter isn't taking it too well because she's barely, she's barely home. And then they get into it and there's tears and stuff. And meanwhile, the daughter is trying to do IVF by herself. Um, Which, by the way, there was nothing... Like, there was no resolution to that. I don't... Now that I think about it, what was... That added nothing to the plot line, personally. Um, Her doing IVF and trying to have a baby um, by herself, I want to add. Which is a whole other element to it. Um, So, I, I don't even know what the point of that was. Because they didn't bring any resolution to it. And... I would have liked her better if she was just the workaholic daughter who had a hard time dealing with her dad's death and she didn't come home. I think that would have been perfect, but much like I said for the Royal Nanny, this should have been on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. There was nothing heartfelt, there was nothing warm, To it, in, in my opinion, because just like Royal Nanny, a lot of people like this movie. A lot of people, so much so they wanted a sequel, oh no, um, they want a sequel. And I I can't vouch for it. I can't put my vote in for that. Um, I think it was a little bit all over the place. It was a tangled ball of yarn, if you will. And I wish we could have focused on at least two or three instead of six or eight. It was just a lot. I barely remember people's names. And at some, at one point, I thought the CFO lady was two different women. One of my friends thought she was actually married. Um, we didn't, there was someone named Rick. We still don't know who that is. Oh yeah. There's a, there's an older guy who also frequents there and he just had a stroke and, but he's eating the food anyway, which I guess was supposed to be some lightheartedness, but I'm like, why? Um, and they asked everyone who, you know, frequented the restaurant to work there on Christmas Eve for one last hurrah. And then they ended up having the prom that the son never had because he had to work. So they had a prom in the middle of the restaurant in the dark while people were still eating. They had a house like a it was a full house in the restaurant, but they still managed to put a prom in there. And um, no, again, I can I can sort of see why people may like this, but I thought it was a bit muddled. I thought it was a lot and I I immediately lost interest when I felt like it should have been on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Because yet again, this is another instance where we're doing the most on the channel and we need not do the most. We need to do the least. (laughs) We need to do the least. We need to do the absolute least. There was all there was definitely a way to make this more lighthearted than It was. And I wish the focus was more on the Chinese American family. I do love that they had Kara speak Chinese. I enjoyed that. I wanted more of that. And I wanted, I just wanted more. I thought this movie was going to have more emphasis on the family. And it didn't. In actuality, you would have thought Antonio Cupo and Barbara Niven were the main characters, in my opinion. And that the family took a back seat to the drama that the two of them had, um, their storylines had. So I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. And, and hear me because again, I, I get it. For those of you who did like it, I get it, but it just didn't do it for your girl. It just didn't do it for your girl. So I don't know how many crowns to give it. I know we have Mama Chesapeake in there. I was grateful we had some representation with Chinese American people in there, but I don't even a crown and a half for both of those things, a crown and a half. I think this was more disappointing than the Royal Nanny. I think because I had higher expectations of this movie than the Royal Nanny. So. I was more disappointed in this movie than the world nanny, which is why I'm giving it less, cra- less crap. <sighs> I just needed to say that because as Hallmark is in this season of transition, I'm hoping that they like the dust settles at some point and they understand the brand that, that they've taken over. I just hope that they come to, uh, and, um, an, an illuminating moment, if you will, that don't try, I, I think, and maybe this is me majorly assuming, I don't know. I feel like first you need to understand the brand before you take it over. You know how people do a site visit, you know how in the Hallmark movies, the, the executive always comes in to observe and see how everything's being run and so on and so forth. I don't think we got our due diligence on site. <laughs> I don't think people, in my opinion, got it. I don't think we understand our... I think we're having an identity crisis. They're the words. I think at this point we're going through an identity crisis, which is why I feel like I'm getting pulled in so many different directions. And which is why we're getting so many moods from The Hallmark Channel, not that the Hallmark Channel has to be monotone, but I think still there is a brand and a stamp and a a secret sauce that is expected when you watch a Hallmark movie. And I can understand elevating it, but changing it altogether, I think is a misdirection and a misstep because then you're changing the reason why people watch Hallmark movies. And in essence, you're changing the brand, which I don't know if that is in the brand's best best interest because the brand is the brand because of what it did, because of what it gave, because of how people felt after watching these movies. And now people are feeling differently (laughs) walking away from these movies. It's like, what are we doing? What is our goal? What is the goal What is the end game? Hashtag Avengers. What is the end game here? What are we getting at? So I'm off my soapbox. And those are my two pennies. More so like two nickels. And with that, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I have some voicemail for you guys. So stay tuned. Hi, Dara. This is Vicki, um, regular listener. Really love your content. I was listening to your podcast today, um, and you made the announcement that you're going to be hosting the red carpet for the Roma Drama Christmas Con, and I am just tickled pink and delighted for you. It sounds like it's going to be a great time, and I am just so bummed that I'm not going to be able to go. I have family that will be here that weekend. But thank you for doing all the great work, keeping us posted on everything that is Hallmark, Lifemark, UpTV, GAC. Your insights are enlightening and they're fun and they make my day. Thank you so much for being you. God bless. Vicki Dunbar is her name. Encouraging words is her game. Thank you so much, Vicky, for those kind words. My goodness. Chicken soup for the soul, I tell you, especially on a cold day like today, so I'm so happy that <laughs> you're finding my space, my home, this outlet, this medium uh, worth your while, and that you're able to find some joy and merriment and cheer in it that makes me happy so i'm again, thank you so much, and if you're wondering how the how did that happen? <laughs> You can leave a voice message too. There is a link in the show notes that, can, that will take you to a page and you can leave 60 seconds worth of your thoughts and I'll play it here on the podcast, just like I played Vicky's message. So friend, that is going to do it for me here on this episode of Dear Hallmark. Um, we are back and I know we have some catching up to do. Because Thanksgiving is around the bend, and you know we finna trip all the way down the stairs because they're giving us eight movies. So I better straighten up and fly right. Or I told y'all this was a -a tilt-a-whirl anyway. We haven't thrown up, but we're probably nauseous. So So, um, thank you guys so much for listening. There's all types of links in the show notes if you want to get tickets to Rama Drama, Christmas Con, if you want to find out more about Dear Hallmark, I wrote a book. There's a link in there for you to buy purchase the book that has a Christmas gala in it. It's, it's literally what dreams are made of. And an Instagram and a Facebook, there's some other links in there, the website and things of that sort. So with that being said, I wish you a Merry Christmas movie season. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.